0: The accounting firm of Haynes Eisenbarger and Skiba presents the 23rd College Football Hall
1: of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now the Bandito's fresh May Daily Kickoff with your host, Phil Hauk.
0: Notre Dame and Navy have been friends now for 92 years. And the series operates under a gentleman's agreement that it will go on indefinitely. The two programs share such mutual respect and admiration that the teams joined together on the post-game field for the singing of each other's alma mater. The friendship began in the late 20s based on shared values of patriotism, loyalty, and academic excellence. Oh, and it helped that they played pretty good football. In 1927, the first matchup was played, and by 1928, the game was already so popular that the teams played in front of what may have been the largest crowd in college football history, 120,000 at Soldier Field in Chicago. Then during World War II, when most young men of college age were being drafted into the service and many schools were struggling to find students, The Navy established Notre Dame as a naval training center, and according to the late great university president, Theodore Hesburgh, this act saved the university from economic ruin, because by the end of World War II, Notre Dame was thriving and had graduated over 12,000 naval officers. And Notre Dame has never forgotten Navy's role in arguably saving the university, and now views the indefinite continuation of this football series as a small token of gratitude. Now it is true that on the field, for most of the series' history, the Irish have not been so friendly towards the midshipmen. Like when they won 43 straight from after Roger Staubach in 1963 through Charlie Weiss in 2007. But in the most recent era, that tide has changed because Navy and the Navy option, which they run to precision, presents a difficult challenge for anyone, foe or friend. And since 2003 on the field, Navy has made more enemies than friends as they have posted a record of 130 and 77, gone to 14 bowls, and won seven of them, a record that just about any football program would be proud of. And this series between friends that overall is still lopsided in favor of the Irish for the last 12 years has been marked by competitive cliffhangers and four Navy wins. This week's 7-1 Navy brings their high-powered option offense and a stingy defense to South Bend. And Notre Dame looks to continue its momentum that started two weeks ago in the fourth quarter against Virginia Tech and grew during last week's romp over Duke. And after the game, the two programs, out of honor, respect, and tradition, will stand together to sing their alma maters as friends. But for 60 minutes on the field, you can expect intense, hard-hitting football that will not be one bit friendly. Banditos with three Fort Wayne locations, Wayndale, Georgetown, and Glenbrook Commons. Banditos is fresh made daily. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, Senior Editor of IrishIllustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, McCulloch Auctioneers, and Coors Light,
2: the official beer of Saturday morning. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and ability provides peace of mind. Combining local expertise with access to national and international experts through their affiliation with BDO, the fifth largest accounting firm in the world, Planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning. The full service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish.
3: This is Art Salzberg. I don't endorse everybody, but i found a company that I think provides a great service. The company is Shearer McCulloch, and what they do is targeted specifically for seniors, people who may be thinking about downsizing and are overwhelmed by the thought of what it's going to take. Shearer McCulloch will pack you up, move you, and then sell your house and everything that's left. Now that's the most comprehensive relocation service anywhere, and what I call, in sports terms, covering all the bases. Sharon McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They're looking to get top dollar from people who have an interest in the special treasures you've collected over the years. Sharon McCulloch is A plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms. If Sharon and I decide to make a change in lifestyle, we'll be calling Sharon McCulloch at four four one. 8636. That's 441-8636. We trust them, and we know they'll make things easy and profitable. Coors Light presents a word from Kirk Street. It's Saturday morning, and that means it's time for college
0: football. It means your fridge is filled with Coors Light. It means last night's pizza is this morning's breakfast. And washing it down with your first Coors Light of the day is
1: worthy of an ah. It's Saturday morning, and it means showers are optional.
3: Make Saturday mornings even more chill with a fridge full of Coors Light, the official beer of Saturday morning. 2019 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly.
1: Now back to
0: Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Well, Tim Priester, a dominant performance by the Irish at Duke, a Power 5 team on the road that had had two weeks to prepare for the Irish, a 31-point margin for the Irish. Football game was never in doubt. Was it the most complete performance by the Irish this season?
1: Certainly against the Power Five conference team, uh, the New Mexico and Bowling Green games went Notre Dame's way. But against the Power Five team, yeah, it was. And you know, I think anytime you're going against a David Cutcliffe team, you expect them to to certainly be capable of generating something offensively. But Notre Dame disarmed them. There was that moment at the end of the first half when you thought all that they had gained would be lost with a couple turns of events, but uh, they hung in there. And after that, I mean, they were clearly a better football team. Ian Book performed well. Uh, They shut down the run. It was just a real complete game for Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people just like me had a little deja vu at the end of that first half, but the Irish really even turned that situation around before halftime. So a nice, uh, nice perseverance again by the Irish in that moment of adversity uh, and you brought up Ian Book and, and a complete performance by him as well. Uh, he did throw two interceptions, but he threw four touchdown passes. I thought it was a very good performance by Ian Book and arguably his best performance of the year. Do you agree? I,
1: I do. I, You know, the interceptions, one who occurred when he was hit as he was throwing, the other one uh, bounced off the back or the helmet of <laughs> of a player and a Duke player that leaped in and, and made the interception. But no, I think it was. And then you throw in the fact that he rushed for more than 130 yards and was very decisive. I thought he started slowly. I thought there was a, a again, in that first series where he had receivers open and he kept looking and looking at him before he threw the football. But after that, he really, really pulled it together. Chase Claypool was outstanding. Chris Fink, um, his best game of the year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So, yeah, you know, I, I think uh you know I think Brian Kelly and everybody around Notre Dame is hoping that that this performance by Ian Book is something that can lock him in and something he can build upon.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned Chris Fink, and I want to talk more about him in a moment, but uh still a little more on Book. 139 yards on 12 carries and you know, every time Ian Book does carry the ball, I cringe because I worry just like everybody else about a potential injury. Was the quarterback run in this game uh, successful? Because it was part of the game plan, or is it something that just developed uh, because of the way the game developed?
1: Well, it was it was part of the game plan. Anytime you're playing a team that likes to run a lot of man coverage, that means cornerbacks. You know, when you send your receivers downfield, the cornerbacks are turning their backs to the line of scrimmage. So, uh, it gives a quarterback opportunities. Um, you know, to run. I thought he did his best job of stepping up in the pocket and keeping the run pass option alive. Uh, something that we've been expecting to see from him prior to that. But um, yeah, you know, as far as running the football, uh, it's a double-edged sword. There's no doubt about that because you want to keep him safe and healthy. And he's not the biggest of guys, but uh, he used it to his advantage. And uh, it, it was significant because really the running backs did not have a great night running the football.
0: Well, that's a fact. Uh, the running backs did not. Uh, the leading rusher for Notre Dame, Jameer Smith, eight carries, 58 yards. That included a 40-yarder. And I want to talk a little bit about Jameer uh, Smith. Uh, I, I like what I see from this young man. He's literally always running down – not literally, but he is always running downhill. Uh, and Sometimes to a fault, though, because after that 40-yarder, and you, you know exactly what I'm talking about, on the next play – Unexplicably, he just kind of fell, fell over, tripped over over a, a line marker or something, uh, and it's because of his style of running. Uh, what can you tell us about Jameer Smith?
1: Well, he's got a real, uh, a real pronounced forward lean, which is good. You want that, but sometimes, uh, you know, he le- loses control of his center of gravity, and he's almost stumbling. He is stumbling as as he gets a handoff in the play that you're talking about. Phil was the. I mean, he had a clean 10-yard run to the end zone and stumbled virtually right after uh, taking the handoff. So, um, yeah, I mean, still still learning. You know, a guy that he does have three years of eligibility. This isn't something that you normally concern yourself with with a, with a running back. But uh, he's a power back. He's done some good things, and they're excited about what the, the future holds for him.
0: Yeah, it's almost ironic to say that this young man runs with his pad level being too low. It's kind of like the opposite of Jafar Armstrong, but uh, if he gets that center of gravity under control, I think he's going to be a really uh, great benefit to the Irish. Okay, on to Chris Fink. He had his best game of the season, I think. Five catches, two touchdowns, also a 46-yard punt return. And lo and behold, as I had heard inferred on Irish Illustrated over the past few weeks, Apparently, one of the reasons Fink's play has not been up to par is that he has been injured. What do we now know about that, Tim?
1: Well, we knew that he was battling a, a shoulder injury during the Georgia game. He got a lot of criticism when he had a pass that was thrown behind him a little bit, taken away from him for Ian Books, actually Ian Books' first interception of the year, and so he's had that, and I, I think ribs and leg, and, I, and if you saw during the game. Against Duke, he had um, a a knee wrap-on, a right knee wrap-on. So he's been a little bit banged up. Uh, He's not a very big guy. We've seen him get bounced around a little bit this year. Um, So, you know, it's not something that you publicize. It's not something you talk about. Chris Fink certainly didn't talk about it. Uh, But it was one of his healthier games, and his performance showed that.
0: And that just was a huge benefit to the Irish and uh, hopefully will be a benefit moving forward because when Chris Fink is on, it's like he's always open. Uh, Tim, this was the first game uh, with the all-new right side of the offensive line, Trevor Rulon and Josh Lung, uh, in for the injured Kramer and Hainsey. How did they grade out?
1: I thought pretty well. I thought that's two games in a row that Josh Lung is – has really looked pretty sturdy on the right side of the line. Trevor Rulean has some some physical limitations. I think he's a good position blocker. Um, I think he's more of a technician, and sometimes he got overwhelmed a little bit. Um, but all things considered, you know, when you consider who you lost, when you lost Robert Haney and Tommy Kramer, really your two best offensive linemen are probably the two most consistent ones. Um, you know, that's that's a significant loss. But I think Josh Lugg's played well. And Trevor Rulin's Trevor that He's not going to overpower people, uh, but he's a technician, a guy that knows what he's doing. So they, they've hung in there pretty well.
0: Rulin, a technician and a warrior, and I do like uh, the great potential of Lugg, and and I agree, I, he seems to be playing quite well. Uh, but losses on the defensive side of the ball, and we talk about two injuries there overall, uh in the second quarter, the bad news, of course, Julian Aquara goes down, now out for the season. And, of course, Dalen Hayes, a few weeks ago, uh, he was lost. Tim, uh, two top-line defensive ends now both gone for the season. Uh, how can the Irish survive with a loss of such firepower?
1: Well, they still have three pretty darn good and experienced defensive ends uh, available to them, Khalid Kareem and Adeji Ade and, and – uh, And Jameer Jones, Jameer Jones has been really, really good now that he's been playing more. So you really have three guys to play two positions. Uh, They've kind of cross-trained a little bit. So, I mean, I think that, you know, you're down to your last three regular season games. That should get them through, provided they don't have anything, uh, uh, another injury there. Ovi Agufo is a guy that we'll probably see a little bit more of, although not necessarily against Navy and also Justin Adamiola, the, the, the twin brother of Jason, the defensive tackle, is a pretty sturdy guy. But I think with those three playing two positions, if they can avoid another injury, um, they should be able to get through the, the balance of November.
0: Yeah, well, most teams couldn't weather such a such a loss, but uh, remarkable in the depth that the Irish have at that position. That's one position that I think the Irish can weather that such a loss. Now, Tim, another area I really like on this team, uh, particularly this week going against the Navy triple option, which I call the sitting in a dental chair offense, all three linebackers on this team are playing really well, not something we necessarily expected. And safety play really, as expected, has been outstanding uh, and this should bode well I believe for dealing with the option game break down those two groups for us.
1: Well I, I agree with you about the linebackers I thought in terms of run fits last week that's about as good as they've been now we'll see what Notre Dame does defensively they've run a bit of a uh, I mean I guess for lack of a better explanation a 4-4 kind of look against Navy in recent years and have had some success with that I would expect Alohi Gilman to be a guy that moves up to that second line um, in trying to defend the triple option. We know that he understands what they're trying to do about as well as anyone as a, as a former member of the Naval Academy football team. And then you have, you have the great luxury of, of Kyle Hamilton on the back end who uh, at six foot four covers a ton of ground. So, and they do Navy does want to throw the football a little bit more than they have in, in the past. So, I would look for something uh, along that kind of alignment that they've used in the last couple of years. And then with the last line of defense of Kyle Hamilton, I think you got a guy back there that can can guard against some of the things that Navy might want to do in the passing game downfield.
0: Yeah, lots of difference makers on that defense. And it's going to be interesting to watch them against that challenging Navy offense. Now, Tim, Brian Kelly, late in the first half of the game, was not happy, and he took it out on special teams coach Brian Polian.
1: What was that all about? Well, I can't say that I know exactly what it's about, but I thought uh, I had a somewhat similar reaction to what Kelly did uh, in, the, in the press box. when After Duke scored to make it 21-7, to it's under three minutes to go you know Dukes given up a a 99 yard kick return uh this year and a 50 yard kick return in that same game so you, Lawrence Keyes needs to i mean unless he's unless it's deep in the end zone he needs to return that kick at the end of the half what's the difference if you get tackled at you know at the 21 as opposed to bringing it out to the 25 and give it a shot and he didn't now I don't know for sure that's what Brian Kelly's reaction was but uh as i said um I had kind of a similar reaction to it because it's just a play that you need to make, and and um, you know, I mean, I guess he expected Brian Pulling to to remind Lawrence Keys that the situation dictates that you go ahead and bring that kickoff
0: out. Yeah, well, uh, holding his special teams coach accountable, I think, is what that was all about, and uh, a lot a lot of fans had that same reaction when that uh, kickoff was fair caught. Now, Tim. Thanksgiving is coming up in a couple weeks, and you wrote on Irish Illustrated a column last week that referenced other traditionally strong uh, programs in the country that are currently struggling. And I mean, there are some out there that are really struggling. And we, I think as Notre Dame fans, should all be thankful at this time of the year uh, for all the wins that we've had the last few years. So this week, and through Thanksgiving on the show, we're adding a new feature, and it's called Be thankful you're not a fan of. And we will talk about some blue blood programs that have fallen on hard times. So here goes. Be thankful you are not a fan of the University of Tennessee. Tim, Rocky Top has been in a world of hurt for a long time
1: they have um uh, what was the last time they won 10? Was that 2004? Was that my story Phil?
0: I think it was 2007 I, actually. It
1: was 2007. Well, they um you know last year they were 5 and 7. The year before that where they were 4 and 8. They did have a couple 9-win seasons prior to that, but they've really struggled and it's I mean it's traditionally been a great program and having been there um for a game and you know obviously Peyton Manning coming from there, it is a it's a tremendous place to play. The stadium is is awesome. Uh, it, it's it's on the river. It's a great setting. And Tennessee, throughout our lifetime, Phil has you know generally been pretty good. But they've struggled. Um, and you have the stat on how many coaches they've had in the last twelve years.
0: Well, first of all, seven losing seasons in the last eleven. But to me, the most amazing statistic that I came up with today, and that is. They've gone through seven football coaches in the last twelve years. So fans, if you think that you know getting rid of your coach is the solution, you might want to look south to Tennessee a little bit. So folks, be thankful you're not a Tennessee fan. And next week, uh, we'll talk about another blue blood that has fallen on hard times. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish Illustrated Prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by our friends at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba. This is the 336th edition of Fighting Irish Preview.
2: Shine light into my room Oh, I'm sure the morning sun can eliminate my gloom If it shine a little light into my room All I want is some sunshine, sunshine Shining through these windows of mine And I want it to be easy, easy choices,
3: Bushy. Treat each house as if it was your own. Our mission statement at Bushy's Windows Doors and Remodeling. Hi, I'm Jim Bushy. At Bushy's, we're proud of our home improvement products that we offer, and we are even more proud of the award-winning installers who will come to your home. Right now, take advantage of our 12-month 0% interest payment plan, and estimates are always free. So call Bushy's at 456-1247, stop into our showroom, or check out Bushy'sFW.com. Bushy's Windows Doors and Remodeling. Your your Clear Choice.
2: Your Clear Choice is bushies. Your Clear Choice is bushies.
0: The Fighting Irish Back of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba. In the 28-27 loss to Navy in 2016, Greer Martini and Niles Morgan led Notre Dame with 11 tackles each. Aloe Gilman, as a true freshman for Navy that year, led all tacklers in the game with 12. Shortly after the 2016 season concluded, he transferred to Notre Dame. Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba is a full-service accounting firm dedicated to providing personalized service and professional guidance for a wide range of personal and business needs. Call them today. Hey, I'm Kirk Herbstreet, and I watch college football like it's my job. It is your job. I know, but sometimes I like to get out of the booth and chill. Here, have a Coors Light. Thanks. So, where was I? You're on my couch. In my spot. Oh, is this your spot? It's a nice spot. Great view.
3: Make Saturday mornings even more chill with a fridge full of Coors Light. The official beer of Saturday morning. 2019 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly.
0: Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host Phil Halk. This is Fighting Irish Preview, the twenty-first ranked Naval Academy visit the number sixteen Irish this week. TV coverage on NBC starts at two thirty p.m. South Bend time. Kickoff is at two forty-two, and it's now time for the all-time Irish hero. Brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gauge, Chriscraft, Mastercraft, and Premier Pontoons. We share your boating passion. And now we continue our series on the great defensive players of the last 60 years. Last week, three-time All-American and current assistant coach Todd Light. This week, another great defensive back, Shane Walton. Shane Walton came to Notre Dame in 1998 out of San Diego, California on a soccer scholarship. He actually was named the Big East Freshman of the Year after leading the Irish soccer team in scoring that season. But in 1999, he decided to walk on and play football. In his first year, he saw special teams action, then became a starter at cornerback, and by 2002, he was a consensus All-American. In his Notre Dame career, he intercepted 11 passes and returned three of them for touchdowns. Tim, I always felt that Shane Walton's soccer skills helped him possess an almost uncanny ability to anticipate what an offense wanted to do. And that is why he was so good at defending the pass.
1: Well, I, I think that certainly played a role in it. I think the other thing was he's a pretty darn good football player just to begin with. But you know, I mean, he was a four-star recruit as a soccer player, not necessarily a football player, but great instincts. I mean, I get I get what you're saying. Phil. great athletic instincts, and and you know, really kind of came out of nowhere. We knew something about his his ability, and maybe he could contribute on the on the football team as well, but he came out of nowhere and was outstanding for Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, an exciting player to watch and and a big surprise story. Shane Walton was voted team MVP in his senior season, 2002. Shane Walton, another Marina at Lake Gage all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish victory. Tim, just like everybody else on Notre Dame's schedule, Navy has had two weeks to prepare for the Irish. Now, last year, the Irish were big winners, 44-22. This year, Navy stands at 7-1. Their lone loss came to a really good Memphis team in Week 3. In their last action, the Middies defeated Connecticut 56-10. After an uncharacteristic 3-10 record a year ago, Navy is clearly back to doing what they do best. Triple option football and quarterback Malcolm Perry who played slot last year as the trigger man, and he has been spectacular. On the season, Perry has 1,042 yards rushing and 16 touchdowns. The option attack always features a hard-nosed fullback, and this year Navy has two. Nelson Smith, who has put up 505 yards and seven touchdowns, and Jamal Carruthers, 355 yards and eight touchdowns. Navy will pass the ball, but only about eight times per game, good for six touchdowns on the season, and a shade under 100 yards per game. Nationally, Navy is the number one rushing offense, 27th in total offense, and 9th in scoring offense at 40.1 points per game. Defensively, under new defensive coordinator Brian Newberry, The midshipmen have shown significant improvement, and they play aggressive and downhill. They have some size up front and have been very stingy, giving up just 18.1 points per game and 310 yards of offense per game. Both numbers rank them in the top 20 nationally. Junior linebacker Jacob Springer has tallied seven sacks, and the team overall has a total of 24. Unusual for a triple option team, Navy has limited their fumbles. They have lost just eight to go along with four interceptions thrown. Tim, they don't turn the ball over. They don't commit penalties. They're outstanding on third and fourth down, and in the red zone, both offensively and defensively. About the only deficiency I see statistically is the strength of schedule. With the exception of Memphis, who they lost to, no other opponent is really close to the top 25. Tim Priester, what is the Aspen mortgage key to an Irish victory?
1: Well, you better slow down Malcolm Perry. He is just absolutely spectacular in the open field. For the last 30 years, I've never made a comparison to this former Notre Dame player. But I think he's Rocket Ismail. I think he is that elusive in the open field. He's just a little guy. Uh, He gets bounced around a lot, but he is tough and his instincts in the open field. Defenders are reacting to his last move. All the time, and so he's one step ahead of him. Having said all of that, you know what Notre Dame needs to do defensively. Notre Dame needs to, but offensively, they need to maximize their offensive possessions. They'll probably only get eight or nine. If you get five touchdowns, you'll definitely win. If you get four, you'll probably win. If you get less than that, you're an upset candidate.
0: Okay, slow down the quarterback, Malcolm Perry and maximize your offensive possessions. Always important against the option. And those are Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage keys to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish?
1: Tying that in with the maximization of the possessions, I think it's Ian Book. Ian Book has to build upon what he did last week. Uh, He was efficient. He ran it. He threw it. He was in control. He was Confident and, and like I said, after that first series, I thought he was real sharp. If you're going to maximize your possessions, it's going to start with the quarterback. And it's a good time to do it because Ian Book's coming off of his most complete performance of the season.
0: Well, he has looked good, better the last uh, week particularly. And last year against Navy, Book had a big day, 27-33, uh, to 33, 330 yards. So maybe he can also build off of that. So Ian Book is your Aspen Mortgage key Irish player this week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the injury report, brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 19 Indiana locations. Tim, how do the Irish stand health-wise going into Game 10?
1: Well, they're really starting to accumulate now. They've lost the right side of their offensive line, as you mentioned earlier, Phil, uh, Julian Alparra. Uh, has played his last game in Notre Dame, 14 and a half career sacks, just four sacks this year. It seemed like more than that. He was, he was more productive than those numbers because of the amount of pressure that he put on quarterbacks. But, uh, Julian Acuara, they've got, uh, you know, they've got, as I mentioned, they've got some better defensive ends they can fall back on. But, uh, Starting to thin out a little bit as we get to the, the home stretch of their 2019 season.
0: Yeah, well, luckily we're winding down that season. Uh, for most of the season, we've been in pretty good shape, but those injuries are mounting. But uh, uh, as for Aquara, see ya in the NFL, young man. And it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. Tim Priester, Vegas, says the Irish by nine and a half. What does America's foremost authority say?
1: This is a tough one, Phil. I mean, not, not necessarily to make the call. I mean, I'm just in general for Notre Dame, they have to play a quality game on both sides of the football. You went down all the assets that Navy possesses, and Notre Dame's going to have to play quality football. There's not one player on the defense that you can point to. It has to be 11. And they've done a pretty good job of that in recent years. I think Mike Elko and Clark Lee, have a pretty good gauge on how to handle things against a triple option. But Malcolm Perry is so elusive. Even if you defend him well, he can do something individually to break you down. So this is tough. Maximize those possessions. As I said, five touchdowns I think gets it done. I'm not sure it's necessarily a higher scoring game, uh, but I think Notre Dame can be one score better than Navy. I have Notre Dame 28, Navy 21.
0: 28 to 21. That is Tim Priester's world famous Irish Illustrated prediction. Of course, that's in favor of the Irish. Tim, I like the Notre Dame strength at linebacker and safety, so I think they are up to to slowing this option attack. Uh, And of course, as always, possessions are going to be premium. Look for the Irish to score on five out of, you know, maybe about nine possessions. Uh, punter Jay Bramlett's going to play a key role, I think, uh, when the Irish don't score. And the defense does come up with a few stops in this game. I'll take the Irish 31-24 over Navy. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Art Salzburg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions.